Hello and welcome to the 905 podcast. My name is Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. Uh, and we're introducing a, a guest this week. Uh, last week, uh, out of the blue somewhat, there was a, a, um, a fairly big story, I guess, coming out of the Ontario Liberals. Uh, obviously, the Ontario Liberals, like the NDP, are currently in search of a new leader after um, what happened last year at the uh, provincial election. And um, the story was, it was a letter signed by um, a good number of uh, liberal members and liberal supporters um, asking for Mike Schreiner of the Ontario Greens to uh, basically consider jumping from the Greens and becoming or uh, running for the leadership of the Ontario Liberals. Um, certainly came out of left field to me. Um, Joining us to talk about that is uh, former leadership candidate herself, uh, Kate Graham, who's been a candidate twice in uh, in London, um, and uh, uh, and was also involved in the uh, the campaign and in the, the policy, I believe, uh, policy development platform for Stephen Del Duca. So, uh, Kate Graham, welcome to the Nine Fiver podcast. Good to see you, Roland and Joel. Thanks for thanks for having me. And I mean, thanks for, should... uh, for coming on. I'll just quickly sort of throw out my customary disclaimer that uh, I've certainly was, I was a volunteer of the Ontario Liberals in past. In fact, I knew uh, Kate, I got to know you during that leadership election and when I was involved kind of uh, on your campaign uh, uh, in support of you at that time. Now, since then, very different world. I'm not a, a member of any political party anymore. No, um, not really but, for any. Yeah. <laughs> completely independent, but, but I just want to, you know, make it clear what those connections are. And I'm um, so grateful for that support. We had a ton of fun on, not successful, but we had a ton of fun on that campaign. Leadership, leadership I, I just, campaigns I just are think quite I, something. I think I should just clarify, I have no ties to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> a good disclaimer. I, I, I threw out my, my, my uh, political connections years ago, so I'm a, I'm a free agent on this one. So very nice. There we go. Um. So... As I say, I mean, this, I had no knowledge that something like this was coming. Um, and, and I certainly say it, it's thrown the cat amongst the pigeons, certainly. The, the, <laughs> and we're, we're seeing a, a range of opinions, shall we say, and we'll explore those over the next uh, half hour or so. Um, but um, first of all, I mean, you seem to be uh, prominently involved in, in this move to, to basically say to a leader of another party, um, come and join us we think you're the right guy I and mean, i guess the first question to ask is well if you think he's so great why don't you join the greens yeah <laughs> lots of people have been writing that so um yeah well, maybe i can like back up a little bit i think you know perspective always matters and the experiences we have shape kind of what we're what we're looking for in politics and in any party so i ran uh, as you said as a candidate in the last two elections 2018 and 2022 uh both were like totally getting devastating losses for the party, right? Like historic lows two times in a row. Um, and in between, you know, ran in a leadership race where, you know, we had a someone who was like a longtime insider in the party, literally like as a kid was folding envelopes or folding pamphlets on chairs, had every role in the party and so on, and then became the leader of the party. Um, I ran as a relative uh, newcomer. And, you know, it's, it's hard for new people to break into a political party for a whole uh, variety of reasons. And I think for me, the big lesson coming out of this last election, 2022, you know, we saw 
fewer people than ever before turn out to vote and a larger mandate given to the provincial government, the, the Ford Conservatives. And we now see like, you know, dismantling the green belt and privatization of healthcare and all kinds of things that like fundamentally, I don't think most Ontarians want. So I am not interested in seeing parties just kind of keep playing the same game that I don't think is working anymore. So my appetite for like big, bold, transformative, let's do things that send an extremely loud message that we welcome in new people and new ideas. We're open to working with other parties where we share the same policy goals. All of those things I think are really important, uh, especially right now. And I think the Ontario Liberal Party needs that uh, very, very badly. So uh, this idea, actually, I'll give props to Steve Pakin wrote an article um, last fall saying like, hear me out, but I think Mike Schreiner should run. And I think I, like many people, I read that article and thought, what this Steve Fagan is a very bright guy. Like, what are you talking about? That is bonkers. <laughs> and it sparked though, like every time I'd run into a liberal, like everybody's talking about, you know, what do you think about this? How would this work? What would this look like? What would this mean? Like maybe the parties could work together, but like just a huge amount of energy um, in these kind of quiet chats. And over the course of that, you know, found a lot of people who like me were sort of grew to be kind of intrigued by the idea. And uh, I certainly, you know, really like Mike. Uh, I think he's done an absolutely admirable job as the green leader. I like his commitment to, and, uh, you know, consistent push on a few key issues, but he's also run a political party that's been very good at building a kind of grassroots internal culture um, and where there's a lot of policy alignment. So, you know, I became more and more excited about this idea. And so uh, over the course of the last, um, you know, week, two weeks or so, there was a thought to, you know, maybe we should do a draft campaign, which is, you know, intended to get people talking. Uh, it's definitely done that. It's been 24 hours and my DMs are like exploded to a level that like, I've tweeted a lot of stuff about the Ontario Liberal Party. I'm not sure anything has taken off uh, quite like this, but, you know, we are getting people talking about what they think about this possibility from the good, the bad, the ugly. People are having a huge range of reactions from, oh my goodness, where do I help and how can I sign up to, you know, Kate, you're a liberal trader and blah, blah, lots of things like that too, and everything in the middle. So, you know, who knows where this will, uh, will wind up, but, you know, I've never been one to kind of shy away from publicly saying when I think something big needs to change. And I do think the Ontario Liberal Party needs change, including welcoming new people and uh, being open to working with other parties. And I think Mike is uniquely positioned in Ontario to be able to do exactly that, which is why I why I signed the letter and why I'm chatting with you tonight. Um, kind of on, on that note, though, I mean, when Steve Pakin wrote that article, that was kind of like right after uh, uh, the last provincial election and, and the liberals were kind of licking their wounds and it just kind of honestly dumbstruck after that last uh, result. Yeah. <laughs> since, since, well, but since then, there are names being floated around. So, you know, just uh, some of the names that I, I'm aware of, uh, Nate uh, Erskine-Smith, who's the federal liberal MP for Beaches East York, Jeff Lehman, mayor of Barry, mayor of Barry, Yasser Nakvi, who's a former liberal MPP and a current Ottawa MP, uh, Mitzi Hunter and Ted Sue are both current liberal MPPs uh, sitting in the legislature. Their names being thrown around right now to run for leader of the party. And I'm wondering, you know, what about them do you see being problematic towards building, uh, rebuilding of the Liberal Party of Ontario? You know, like what does Mike Schreiner have that these people do not 
that you would need to reach out outside the party to to bring him in. So we have, as you you identified the names, fabulous people who are, I hope, planning to step into this leadership race. And that is great. Many of them who I have huge admiration for, I actually called those who have said something publicly about thinking about running, I called them before this letter came out to just express exactly this, that I have at least some idea of what it takes to run for leader. It's an enormous commitment and I'm really glad they're doing it. And I think they're wonderful. Um, I also, at the same time, believe that a competitive, exciting, dynamic leadership race is very badly needed. And I want to see people in that race who are inside the party, as all of them are, you know, have their roots in the Ontario and the uh, liberal movement. Um, and I want to see a few outsiders. And I think that we we need that badly. I think, you know, a leadership race can, when it's competitive and exciting, can draw in that appeal, can bring new people into the fold, thinking about what is possible. Uh, it's often where parties sort of negotiate who they are and what they stand for and so on, like the leadership race is a chance to express that. So I think a competitive race is good for everybody. Uh, I want to see insiders and outsiders. And again, I think the race is stronger uh, with Mike in it. I happened, you know, when I ran in the leadership race in 2020, it was actually very collegial. Like we would go for debates and then we'd literally all go out for cocktails across the street afterwards. Like it was, it doesn't have to be this like winner takes all kind of mindset, which is a problem in politics generally. Like if it's good for one, it's bad for the other. I don't buy that. Like I reject that premise. Um, I think a good competitive race is needed. Mm -hmm. um, I think conversation between parties about how we work together is also needed. And I think this may facilitate some of that happening, which I feel optimistic about. So I mean, certainly no slight against the existing candidates. There, but there, there isn't just one big difference between what you just stated and what you're proposing. When you head out for cocktails or, or afterwards to, to say, uh, way to go, you're all liberals. Like there's, there's, there is something to be said about, there's a culture in the party, the lib liberal party members, grassroots members, identify themselves a certain way to be liberals. Mike clearly does not because he did not sign up to be a liberal. And I'm wondering, like, are you going to have potential culture clash there where you have somebody who he, 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 he made a choice not to initially sign up to be a liberal. And you're saying you want to bring him to run a party that a lot of people might not be on board with that. And maybe it's, I'm, I'm, I'm personally not somebody who like, for me, the party identity is the first and most important thing. Like, I'm a liberal because I believe in things the liberals have championed before, like public education, healthcare, and action on climate change and so on. But for me, like the why isn't the party, like the party is a means to an end. Uh, in London North Centre, the Green candidate who we never say run against, but we say run alongside, we've become very good friends, brilliant woman, her name's Carol Dick. And in the debates uh, for two elections in a row, often we used to kind of joke and call it the red green show. Cause like she'd say something and I'd say our platform's the same. And I would say something and she'd say, yeah, uh, what Kate said at one event, we actually, it was just the two of us who'd showed up. And we said, do you want us to just point out for you, like the very nuanced places where our platforms are different, there are differences. And maybe we should just talk about those. Maybe that's more useful. So, you know, Mike cares about climate change and Ontario liberals care about climate change. Mike cares about income inequality. He actually, I would say, bested us in the last campaign on having a much more progressive platform on that front than we did. There are a lot of things. They have the same position on Bill 23 and opposing the privatization of healthcare and all kinds of other things. So what I see in Mike is somebody who's not party first. He's policy first. He wants to accomplish things. Very similar things to what I think most Ontario liberals would say they want to accomplish too. So I... 
you know, for me, it's, I don't see things through partisan lenses. I generally want to see politics be less about what's good for what party and more about what's good for the province and what gets us closer to being able to accomplish goals. And many of the goals that Mike Treiner talks about as an Ontario liberal, I would say, I agree. So, so I mean, the, the, the thing that struck me, um, well, the thing that struck me with just knowing what I know about politics and I'm not claiming to be uh, super insightful or ever to reach any particular you great are. height. But <laughs> I, mean, I, I, do th- I do know that things like this don't happen if someone hasn't already had a conversation. Um, so someone will, has already called Mike Schreiner a week or so ago, a month ago, two months, however long, and, and run this past him. Um, and I'm not saying that he had any knowledge of, of, of the timing or anything like that. No, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But uh, what I immediately noticed was that there wasn't an immediate response from him saying no. And actually now there has been a response from him today saying, I'm thinking about it, which in itself, I was almost surprised by that uh, he had, that, that, that it was, you know, for the leader of the party not to say an immediate and unequivocal no is um, uh, is almost surprising. Um, but you know, were there conversations with with Mike Schreiner before beforehand? I mean, is this something that's been kind of negotiated with him to any degree? Uh, so I would say kind of yes and no. So on one hand, uh, for a long time, I would say people have been asking very quietly beneath the surface. Since that Pekin article came out, I know a lot of liberals who have, they're in a meeting with Mike and they're like, by the way, if you thought about doing this, like I would be supportive of that. Um, I personally, I don't, I don't really know Mike. I've actually only seen him like in person a few times. The first time was um, like a couple of years ago, sitting actually in the lobby outside of a, a media interview. And at that time I was like, just for the record, like, I know I'm here from the competitor party, quote unquote, but like. I love what you're doing inside uh, the Green Party and especially the real commitment to grassroots, able to do a lot with a little, it seems. And like, there's a lot of things I admire about what you're doing. So on one hand, like, yes, lots and lots of people inside the party, including those who signed the letter um, and certainly those who like have seen Mike, you know, more recently perhaps than I have, have said like, hey, I think you should think about doing this. Pekin wrote the story. Everybody's talking about it. What do you think? Um, so there's been lots of those quiet discussions, but nothing nothing public, nothing out in the open, nothing to kind of engage that broader conversation. So the letter was set up like entirely independently of Mike, but there was a heads up note sent to him. So we didn't totally blindside him. He knew it was coming out. But I mean, even the people who have been a part of this letter, like I have no idea how this uh, story unfolds. You know, it was the openness to like, all think about it. You know, it was great that it wasn't an outright no. We'll see. Maybe this changes his consideration. I have no idea. So yeah, there was a heads up given and lots and lots of quiet asking, but the intention of a draft campaign, as I said, is to get people talking and feel out what would the reaction be? Is there any appetite for this? And, uh, and I think, you know, if the first 24 hours of the letter being out or any indication it's been it's been very successful in getting people talking about the Ontario Liberal Party in a way that we haven't seen for a long time. Well, yeah, and I will, I will freely admit that, that that that's the case that you know we 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 thought about when we were going to as a podcast address the leadership, and it was not yet. Um, and, no. and this this has made us talk about it. So so yeah, from that point of view, successful. small victories. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to ask sort of two questions before I sort of pass it back to Joel, and and that's. Um, uh, 
first of all, I mean, uh, the names on, on your list include some very prominent uh, names, maybe aren't super familiar to people outside the party, but are extremely familiar to, to insiders. I'm thinking of Pat Sabara, Greg Sabara. Um, you know, this isn't the young face of the of the party, though, either, necessarily, when you're saying Greg Sabara, um, Deb Matthews, former health minister, um, Liz Sandals, um, and other people who, who are, you know, more uh, well-known insiders within the party. But there's also very, very prominent names that, that are not mentioned here, including uh, most of the, the, the current caucus um, uh, and many, many uh, former MPPs um, or riding presidents, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and just, you know, going by social media, that, you know, to say there's a range of opinion, I mean, there, there are some very, very strong opinion that this oh, yeah. is not the right thing. Well, I mean, what do, what do you say to to those to those people? The people who are saying, you know, this is this is treason, so to speak. You know, um, uh, yeah. to, to I mean, it's not the point that I, I mean. I have certainly spoken about the need for the progressive parties to cooperate, and that if you look at the platforms, the similarities are overwhelmingly larger than the differences. When you're talking about every party but one, the one that doesn't have a platform yes. at all. At all. Yeah. However, um, it isn't a discussion that we should be having rather than let's steal a leader from someone else and see if we can get him to win for us rather than his own party to say, um, we need to be, we need to get our leader and then we need to sit down and be talking about the kind of arrangements that the federal uh, parties have done with the NDP. Um, and we need to be talking about um, um, uh, proportional representation uh, an electoral form and working across boundaries that way to to create an alliance so that we don't allow a party to win with 29% of the vote or whatever it was. Uh, are you not putting the cart before the horse here and kind of being slightly insulting to both the membership of the Liberals and the um, and, and the Greens, to be honest, to saying, you know, we want you, you want your leader because we think we're better than you. I mean, it's, it's not really reaching out to them when you're doing that, is it? So There's a lot of questions in there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, you're definitely right about, and I think actually the way you just articulated it captures like a lot of the, from question to concern to like, is this downright wrong? Like there have been all kinds of different perspectives uh, over the last while. Again, I, only, I see things through a particular lens based on my own experience, which is certainly not exhaustive of all of the different perspectives people have on this and we need to hear more of that. So that's a, a good thing. I, as I said, I'm, I'm just not convinced that the current way of operating, even like the, you know, we're going to have this race and we're going to put forward people into like, without being open to discussing other things, other opportunities, the, the again, zero sum, what's good for one has to be bad for another. I'm not sure that's you know, like who, I, there's no like kind of master plan here. This is, a very first, in some ways, a very simple kind of um, timid step of saying, we think this guy is, seems really open to working together and he seems very principled and we care a lot about the same stuff and we hope he explores it. And through that exploration, like there's any number of ways this could turn it or not, or maybe he says, I'm, I'm good. Like I like leading the Green Party in the end and, you know, we will go and choose a fabulous leader, I'm, I'm sure. So um yeah, so I, I don't know. And I again, I, I do, the one thing I, I sort of feel badly about about how this is all unfolded is I do think some people feel deeply offended and like this is some intended as some sort of slight like area, like we've, you know, lost faith in the Liberal Party or, and it's it's very much not that. Like I, 
I ran as a candidate for a party that did extremely badly once again, and I want to see major transformation. And I do think we need a big conversation about that. And nobody's really been talking about the leadership race. Like it's, it's been a little sleepy so far. And that's part of that's because it hasn't really started yet, but you know, we need a few big things to get people engaged and fired up and thinking big and imagining what might be possible, including things that are very different than what we've seen before, very out of the box. So, you know, knowing what I would be walking into, which was, you know, a lot of the anger and things that have certainly happened. I don't think I appreciated that people would feel so that it was like intended as such a personal slight or like an attack on the party. That's certainly not what, like my motivation is the opposite of that. I, I want to see a change in government in Ontario and the current way we are doing these things isn't doing it. It's not more complicated than that for me. So, but again, this is what's been really interesting uh, over the last 24 hours is, you know, people see this from lots of different angles. And again, I, I think that is part of what we're trying to do is get those discussions out into the open. So we collectively can really think through what opportunities may or may not be there. Um, but on that note, you know, I, I, I used to be a former uh, liberal staffer and I, I do have people who are, who are cur- still current staffers. I have no people who were staffers to some of the signatories to that letter. And I know for a fact that they are really hurt by this. They, they feel there's words yeah. of betrayal and, and, and backstabbing, not mine words. Some of theirs, yeah. it's just, it's just a real feeling of hurt there. And it raises the question in my mind, hypothetically going forward, say you're successful in getting Mike to come over and you manage to sign up enough supporters to get him the top job in the party. How then do you go about healing that rift to move ahead as United Party? Because Lord knows we have seen what divided liberal parties do mm-hmm. at the federal level. They do not win. They fail miserably. How, how do you go about healing that rift uh, uh, to, to take the party forward to victory? Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the consequences of the, you know, in politics, as I, I think we have uh, a bit of a, like, we organize ourselves into warring factions, and then we have a hard time coming together. This is true of most leadership races, where like, one campaign is like diametrically opposed to the other, and then a leader is chosen, and the task always is, how do you bring together people who spent months and months of their time and talent opposing the person who is now the leader of the party. So like those kind of rifts, I think, unfortunately, are like a very common part. Now, this 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 scenario, like the specifics of a letter, a leader outside the party, like it's a little bit different. I think maybe the hurt is a little bit more uh, and it was a surprise. So I think that like magnified the reaction like by a lot. Um, I reached out to someone who had um, as a former staffer who'd had the same sort of reaction and um, just wanted to ask more about that view. And I think I came away from that conversation with a better sense of kind of how deeply felt that was. So yes, so uh, there are going to be rifts to be built. I think that is a feature of every leadership race. Um, and, oh, sorry. I'm... Yeah, okay, sorry. I'll, thank you very much. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> For those listening, I am. I taught till 9.30 tonight. It is currently 10 o'clock and housekeeping just knocked on the door of my classroom. I have to get out. Well, so. we, we won't, we won't, uh, we won't take out too much more. more <laughs> but if I, sorry. You finish your thought though. Yeah, just uh, so I, I do think that's a very real consideration going forward. And um, as we build a party, we need to get better at having different ideas, supporting different candidates, 
maybe imagining different end games, but being able to come back together. And as I said, I think that'll be a challenge for whoever the leader becomes just by virtue of how these things are organized. But my hope is that we build an internal culture of really listening to and respecting even people of different opinions in our own. I didn't feel the benefit of that yesterday, uh, quite the opposite, but I, so I think we've got some growth to do there. And, and I, I can certainly do some growing on that front too, as you know, I should have reached out to a few people who had different angles on this, even before um, releasing the letter, that would have been a good move. And so I yeah take full uh, responsibility for that. So well, yeah, lots of growth to happen. Have we got time for one just fi final quick question before yes, we... the person kicking me out is, I think has gone to another room, so I got to... Okay. <laughs> super um, and actually, we're, you know, I, I think, um, I think something where we can, uh, I think most people can agree is that there the needs to be a change in the way that party politics is done. I think the vast majority of people in Ontario who are not party members would agree with that statement. Yeah. I think the vast majority of people would... would um, uh, well, I, I think it's, it's simply a fact that this has got people talking in a way that 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 wasn't happening before. Whether that's going to be good for the leadership race, time will tell. I mean, I just finally wanted to kind of um, ask actually a slightly different question, and that's about the the leadership process. Um, because I mean, I know I've been involved in two leadership races in the Ontario Liberals, and understand they're pretty much similar. Well, they're not similar, but um, they boil down to mem membership buying and that, that's the same for the PCs and it's the same for the Ontario Liberals I believe it's probably the same for the NDP I'm not actually sure um, and it's how many people you can sign up and I felt and I wonder if you felt the same as, as a um, having been through that process that the, the process by which members were signed up was not always entirely as um, clear cut and above board as it might have been um, is that something that you think should be addressed as as the as the leadership uh, race gets underway? Um, the, the, basically, what I'm talking about here is that the the way that memberships are uh, signed up and purchased wasn't always. Well, I think it could have uh, it could have been criticised if someone had wanted to criticise it. Um, do you think that that's something that um, will that be changed in the future? Yeah. So, I mean, there one big change since the last leadership race is now memberships are free. Uh, so I think that will help. The other um, big question that's tied up with money is about how we actually choose the leader. Um, in March, the Ontario Liberals will be meeting and considering a whole bunch of choices. And one of them is a shift to uh, a different way of like, so when it's a delegated convention, for example, people have to pay hundreds of dollars in a registration fee. And if you don't live in Toronto or wherever it is, usually in the GTA somewhere, you have to travel in. If you're a parent, you have to get childcare and so on. And like, that is a very real barrier, right? That is a, makes it harder for people to mobilize candidates who are less affluent, who live outside the GTA and so on. So there uh, will be a couple of options. Um, I'm personally a fan of like a one member, one vote. I'm a fan of like reducing those financial barriers for people being able to participate in even the final selection. Um, so all of that, I think, uh, needs to change and will be discussed very actively um, in March. I, I hope we got close last time. I, I hope that there's enough support to be able to change it this time, because, yeah, that's definitely been a assembling block for getting people engaged in the past. And it has a, a whole host of other challenges, as you alluded to. And, and you know, I mean, I guess final, final, final question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting this right outside the door. Yeah, um, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, 
well actually maybe we should just we should just leave it there you've been you've been generous with your time and i don't want you to yep. get in trouble with the uh with the <laughs> <laughs> um we really appreciate you joining it certainly kicked off a a discussion and discussions should hopefully be good things right um, well you threw um, off our schedule to talk about the ontario liberal leadership that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> well and to both of you like thank you for covering this and to people listening like if you've got thoughts good bad and ugly about this like speak up this is that's what this is supposed to be all about if you happen to be inclined you can find out more at draftmike.ca and add your name uh, if you're not inclined and you think this is you know you've got other thoughts share those too uh, equally interested in hearing them so i'm glad we're talking about this that certainly it's good to talk about this stuff so uh thank you kate graham so much for joining us we really uh, appreciate that and uh as we would with we do with any candidate in any election whether leaderships or otherwise uh we wish you all the best with it okay thanks very much take care yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. bye-bye That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com.